Hey everyone, this is Kim and Mark Holinsky. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to United, a Holinsky's Hope powered podcast focusing on student athletes. We really wish we could be in a room with our student athletes talking about their mental health and how important it is to their happiness and performance in their sport. Since we can't do that right now with COVID-19, we are keeping true to our mission, working to raise awareness and ending the stigma attached to mental illness. And so, we're embarking on a way we can still bring you our message of hope and support, a podcast dedicated to student-athletes and their mental wellness. We've teamed up with some incredible mental health experts across the country and are honored to have Dr. Josie Nicholson, sports psychologist at Ole Miss, host these podcasts for us. Dr. Nicholson will be using her passion for student-athlete mental health as a foundation driving the conversations that will be featured in these United podcasts. Please follow Holinsky's Hope on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can contact us via email at info at holinskyshope.org. Always for Tyler. And forever to three. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to United Conversations for Student-Athletes. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Nicholson. Again, we have been discussing COVID-19 and how it's been called a novel virus. These are indeed strange times, and everything seems really uncertain. Nobody's sure about how long this is going to last. We all have different concerns, but We also share common concerns that unite us all in this together. Sports psychologists and mental health professionals have teamed up with Holinsky's Hope to launch this series of conversations for student athletes. I'm excited because I think so many people are gonna benefit. Every episode will feature a different licensed mental health professional talking about one way that you can take care of your mental health during this time. We hope to release two episodes a week, and we want to hear from you about topics that you want to hear discussed. So please reach out to us. Let us know your thoughts, your concerns, and your ideas, things that would help you or your fellow athletes. You can contact us at info at Don't forget, subscribe to this podcast, rate us, and review us in Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So now let's get going with today's conversation. I'm so excited to have our guest, Dr. Jamie Houle, who is the sports psychologist at The Ohio State University. He's going to be talking with us a little bit about anxiety management and mindfulness. Hey, Jamie. How's it going? It's going good. How about yourself? I'm doing what I can here to stay inside and and, and follow the regulations we're all under, I guess. Good for you. I hope that we all are <laughs> as hard as it is. Oh, and I know you've got little ones, too, that you're trying to keep entertained. Yeah, yeah. It's putting on different hats at different times. So sometimes I got my psychologist hat on. Sometimes I got my dad hat on. Sometimes I got my teacher hat on. Uh, so when they all merge together is when it gets really interesting. Like when I'm teaching a lecture and then my daughter comes and jumps on my chest. Those are, those are fun times. (laughs) Good times. 
Well, it's, I think it's really nice because we all are in this together that people are giving a lot of grace during this time for those sorts of, you know, just authentic moments, you know? Yeah. Well, let's get into our conversation for today because I know that right now is such a stressful time and, you know, people are experiencing a lot of different emotion and anxiety is kind of at a peak for a lot of people. So I'd like to hear a little bit about mindfulness and how that helps right now in times of stress. Yeah. um, So mindfulness is our ability to pay attention to the present moment on purpose and to try to do that without judgment. And it's been my experience that um, especially with the student athletes I work with, it's the last part that's most difficult is trying to pay attention to the present moment and, and do it without judgment. So the way that's helpful is that it, it lets us focus on one thing. There are many, many, many factors, probably more than ever, that are going on right now at, at any single moment. I mean, check your inbox to your email and you'll see this play out. Oh my gosh, that's so, true. Absolutely. So, so more than ever, um, we need to be able to focus on one thing. And mindfulness is allowing you to do that. So, for example... Mindfulness will have you focus on only your breathing in any given moment. Or you might be able to just focus on the fact that when you're doing your homework, you just do your homework. And if your mind wanders, you just allow that to happen and you bring it back to what you're doing. It's not trying to fight anything or to, or to clear your mind. This is probably one of the biggest misunderstandings about mindfulness, which is you're, a lot of people think that with when you're mindful, your mind is blank. And that's not true. It's actually very focused. Okay. I'm glad that it's not clearing your mind because that would really be impossible, I think. Absolutely. I don't think you can ever not think. Uh, so I, I think what we do is harness our thought process, we try to use intention as opposed to reaction. So you're choosing where your focus is. Absolutely. I think the opposite would be trying to do, you know, 17 things at once. You know, I, I, please don't get me wrong. I I don't sit over here and I'm mindful all the time. That's just not true. But um, I, and we'll talk about this here in a second with the kind of the strategy I use to, to go about this, but um, it's, it's just kind of recognizing if you're trying to do multiple things at one time, say, say you're doing your homework and you have the TV on and you also are texting with your friend or FaceTiming at the same time. It all just, there's a rush of stimuli that just makes it feel very anxiety provoking. Very anxiety provoking. Well, you said something that I want to hear a little bit more about the non judgmental piece. Can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I think, um, I think we have a running monologue. And when I say we, I'm going to actually kind of harness that, focus that a little more into the student athlete population to the athlete population. I think we have a running coach's voice in our mind that's telling us 
the right way to do things or the wrong way to do things. Uh, for a long time, I was a gymnast and, uh, you know, the goal of gymnastics is to be perfect. And I think that, you know, so I had internalized a lot of thoughts about what the right way to do things are and the wrong way to do things or, you know, you know, you hear this a lot and how we talk to ourselves when we use the word should a lot, right? That's judgment. So, you know, a, a friend of mine once said, you're shooting all over yourself, you know? So we, we see the judgment and what we want to do with that. So for example, I might be going for a walk and here comes, here comes a person on the same sidewalk, right? We're supposed to stay six feet away from everybody. And I think to myself, oh, you, you should get six feet away. Watch out. You got to do this. You got to do that. And my mind starts to race. What I'll talk about, the lack of judgment would be to observe that you're nervous. The person's coming towards you. You just observe that. You actually take what I like to call an attitude of interest towards your thoughts and your feelings versus judgment. So I just become interested in my thoughts and feelings versus thinking that they're good, bad, or I shouldn't have them, I have to have them, all of that. That makes a lot of sense. I think it's really difficult because we always want to do things the right way uh, to just let what is be. Exactly. And, and I don't know about you, Josie, but like I, I, for, for me as an athlete, former athlete, and now as a psychologist, I you know, I want to, I want to do it the quote unquote right way. Right. And, and please don't get me wrong either. Mindfulness doesn't mean that you become apathetic or you don't care about anything. It just means that your attitude towards different things becomes neutral and observatory, not, not judgmental. Got it. Well, that's really interesting. You had said something about the RAIN as an acronym for a mindfulness technique. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, um, and, and this is not mine. This is, this is a, an acronym that was developed by Tara Brock. She's a clinical Buddhist psychologist in the DC area. And, and she uses the RAIN acronym to talk about how to go. It's an exercise. It's like building a muscle to be able to handle uh, thoughts and feelings as they arise, uh, especially difficult thoughts and feelings. Um, so the acronym is R-A-I-N, RAIN, and it begins with R, which is to recognize. We have to be able to begin by just recognizing is or the feelings that are coming in R. So a lot of times, especially when we're stressed, we don't recognize how we feel. And the example I like to give when people do this is they snap at people. And then, and then somebody says to them, whoa, dude, calm down. Like, what's the problem? And they, they weren't, the person wasn't recognizing what was going on inside of them until it came out of their mouth. So we have to begin by recognizing how we feel or think. A is to allow. Now, again, I think allowing how you feel is, is, uh, maybe the opposite message that maybe a lot of student athletes get. I think a lot of times um, we we think we should just uh, get over it, get through it, push it out of your mind, refocus. So there's a lot of uh, not allowing. 
um, what we know is that when we have a thought or feeling and we allow ourselves to have it, it actually doesn't last as long as if we try to resist it. So, you know, as a, as a colleague of mine once said, you can't push a river. You can't make things go a certain way at times. So to allow it is just to, to recognize, say, I feel anxious, and then go, just allow yourself to feel anxious. And I know, again, I know that that's nerve-wracking to even think about, but it, it's kind of trusting the process. I is to investigate, not why do I feel the way I feel, but where in my body do I feel the way I feel? So the cool thing about that is if we can recognize where in our body we feel this anxiety, we can usually do something about it. So a lot of times people talk about having butterflies in their stomach or they feel like their heart is racing or that their breathing is kind of irregular or they're holding their breath. So that leads you to be able to focus your attention on slowing your breathing down slowing your heart rate down. N is for nurture or non-attachment. The idea, the idea here is that you can, you, nurturing or compassion is kind of encapsulated by the phrase, of course I feel X, Y, and Z, or of course I'm thinking about X, Y, and Z. That's a compassionate statement towards yourself. And that brings nurture, nurturing towards that feeling. And again, if you use this RAIN acronym, it's not that you don't feel anxious. It's that the anxiety tends not to last as long. And you can move through that anxiety, um, through that nurturing. Non-attachment is basically the idea that I have thoughts or feelings, but I am not these thoughts or feelings. It's not You're not identifying with it. You just have the thoughts or feelings. That seems like a really useful kind of um, structured way to look at um, the process of mindfulness. And, you know, I think about um, we've all had an experience where we have just a burning question. We've got to ask maybe a coach or a friend or um, somebody else. And we send them a text, like call me when you can or ask the question in a text or whatever. And when that person doesn't respond, we start metaphorically tapping our toe, like, why aren't they responding? And then our mind starts to, to race, like, why aren't they responding? Like, well, maybe that question ticked them off, or maybe they're ignoring me. Well, why would they be? Like, your mind can just go in some dark places when we, um, when we allow <laughs> or um, when we resist that, you know. But when we acknowledge, like, I'm feeling really impatient, or maybe... I'm even feeling anxious to get the answer. Once that's acknowledged, it tends to dissipate a little bit. And then on the other side, when that person just kind of acknowledges, hey, I'm in a meeting, I'll call you back. It's so much easier to just be like, oh, okay, no big deal. And so when we ignore ourselves, it's not going away. It's just getting bigger and bigger and more urgent and more anxious filled. And we're reacting to a lot more than just the core feeling. We're reacting to our own impatience and maybe we're comparing ourselves to others. Like, well, this person doesn't seem anxious about that. Why am I? What's going on? And when we can just say, you know, of course I'm feeling anxious. It's acknowledging and then being compassionate 
and allowing it to be what it is. Yeah. And, and, you know, you know, in the sports realm, when I think about this too, is I think about some of the most elite athletes and I think one of the factors that you th- what you see in elite athletes is when they make a mistake because they do make mistakes. When they make mistakes, they're able to get through it faster than some of their non-elite athlete counterparts. And I think one of the ways they do it is they acknowledge and allow the fact that they made the mistake, they understand that that's part of the process, and then they move forward. They're not the ones that are necessarily blowing up the locker room and and you know throwing chairs and all that kind of stuff. They're more they more acknowledge the concern, know that they're in the mistakes, and then they think about what they can do next, and that allows them to move forward and begin the next phase of training or competition. So do you have any specific tips on just allowing the feeling, the thought to be? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think being able to engage in some of those mindfulness activities to basically for a lack of better way of putting it stomach, the feelings when they come trying not to avoid them you know, I always think about our breathing as being a way to cope with the feelings as they come. So if I, if I recognize that I'm anxious and then I allow it, it's going to cause a spike in nervousness. And that's normal. That is totally normal. And that's why people feel that spike and then they try to avoid it because it feels so overwhelming. But if you can, if you can ride that wave, then it will come down eventually. So I think being able to breathe, you know, people talk about kind of breathing through that moment allows you to to handle it, slowing your breathing down, breathing in for four seconds, out for five, allows you to kind of move through allowing that feeling to be and and, um, moving into the investigation stage. Um, And then that nurturing, of course, I'm a lot, of course, I feel anxious right now. Of course, I feel uh, it in my stomach. Like that's where I always feel anxious, you know, that kind of example. That's such a different perspective. I know I get a lot of um, questions. How do I get rid of my anxiety? How do I not feel anxious? And being able to say, well, let's look at it a different way and increase your confidence that you can handle the anxiety, that that Mm -hmm. anxiety is normal you know, my question sometimes is, how would you not feel anxious? <laughs> you know, and, and um, we're not, you, you know, I don't know any actual superheroes in terms of magic powers and stuff that that would be how you don't feel anxious <laughs> is to develop some sort of superhuman skill, right? So just being able to say, this is normal, this is natural, of course, this makes total sense so that it's what I'm feeling and allow it to be, then you don't get the layered anxiety about feeling anxious. Yeah. And, and what I'd say too, is this is another tip that uh, uh, we're giving our athletes here at Ohio state, which is, um, is what if you switched my to the meaning 
I think sometimes we just think about this anxiety as my anxiety. Hmm. What's wrong with me that I have this anxiety? And what if we change that from my to the anxiety that we all feel, the anxiety that we all have? And when we don't personalize it with the my, it's interesting to note that it just goes down. It, it, it becomes less like we have a prop. There's a problem with me versus it. This is the anxiety that we all have. And of course I have it because we all have it. For sure. It seems like that kind of approach would really increase uh, somebody's resilience. Yeah. I mean, it, again, there it's, it, it increases. And it, I, I wouldn't want to say too this, the RAIN acronym is like a muscle. So just like just like doing squats or just like doing curls or just like doing sprints, you got to do it more and more for it to become faster and faster. And so um, it, you can like metaphorically pull this skill out of your back pocket when you are late to class or you're late to the Zoom class, the online class, right? Or you're... Um, you you maybe missed workout or you um, forgot to text somebody back. I mean, your ability to just pull this rain acronym out, use it, and then put it back in your pocket will build over time and, and allows you to handle things that come your way that are difficult. I think that most of us can handle or tolerate things more difficult things than we believe. You know, there's typically situations that we see other people going through that we're like, gosh, I don't know what I'd do. I I don't think I could make it through that. And the reality is that we can do hard things and we can get through really difficult situations because that's the human spirit. Inherently, I believe that's the human spirit. Um, I think the idea is that we are, we wouldn't be resilient humans. We wouldn't be here if we weren't resilient humans through evolution. So it, we, that, the, 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 you know, that ability to handle these things has got us to the point we are. And what I'll say to uh, these elite athletes at this level is that they are inherently resilient you don't get to this level if you're not. And so some of this has to do with just um, kind of believing in yourself, knowing that the skills you use to do that last rep, the skills you use to push through that last mile or that last lap, last routine, is the same skill you can use to make it through this time of anxiety and uncertainty. So we have the skills just looking at how to apply them to this situation. I think that's, that's such great advice. Um, Jimmy, do you have anything else that you want to add about anything we've talked about today? I mean, I guess the last thing I'll say is that, you know, um, this is a very different way to think about being anxious or having hard, hard thoughts like this. And, and again, to, to bring it back to the sport metaphor, um, you know, the first time you do any new skill, 
any new rep, go, go further, run further, faster. It's always going to feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is change. And so when it comes to this, what I tell the student athletes I meet with that I encourage to use this acronym is you got to be patient. And, and then I also had a colleague of mine that said this about mindfulness that, that really brought it very simply to the point that if you want to be mindful, just slow down, just slow down, just speak slower, talk slower, walk slower, eat slower. And, and it's tremendous what that does. It just brings your attention to the present moment. And I, I just, I, I think that that would be my two cents. Doing things slower. That's so not what we're cultured to do. Is it? Not at all. <laughs> Faster, better, stronger. Um, Jamie, if people have uh, questions for you or just want to tell you how awesome this has been, how can they reach you? Yeah, um, my email uh, where you can reach me is james.houle at osumc dot edu so james dot at osumc dot edu awesome thank you so much i really appreciate you coming on and sharing this uh seems like a really practical useful technique uh with us today thank you very much absolutely well listen if you're struggling at this time please reach out to a mental health professional in your area. And also don't forget that we want to hear from you about topics that you want to hear discussed. So please reach out to us and let us know your thoughts. Again, ideas about what would be helpful for you or your fellow athletes. And again, that email address is info at And don't forget to share this podcast with those who you might think like it or be helped by it, subscribe it, uh, subscribe to it, rate it and review it. And if you want to know more about Holinsky's Hope, including how to donate to help with all that they're doing to support student athlete mental health and reduce the stigma, please visit www.holinskyshope.org. Please take care of yourself. Please take care of others and always have hope. Thank you.